The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fucked. They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I'll kill all the motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she's just love. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys, let's go over a few points from the last couple episodes. Rabbit's concerns about the lookalike car he encounters while at the McDonald's drive-thru on November 30th or December 1st seems somewhat suspicious when we look at the facts. First, let's take a look at the events of the situation. At the time, Rabbit is at McDonald's. Sheldon's car was already impounded. Sheldon, Thor, and Bowman are the only people aware of the situation involving Sheldon's car at that time. So, it would be easy for us to assume that Rabbit was genuinely concerned about being tailed. Could there have been other concerns, perhaps something more sinister? Yeah, I think it's less likely though. We have to look at what's probable versus what's possible. It's possible there is something more sinister going on, but I don't think it's probable. The date and time of the messages between Eric and Rabbit seems concerning. When this incident happens, Rabbit texts Eric and explains to him that because of this event, he'll be closed for a while, meaning he won't be buying or selling. Rabbit says he texts this information to others as well, and I don't doubt he did. But one of the first people he contacts is Eric. If this was a random night of the week, 
I wouldn't give it much thought. But these events take place the same night Brittany disappears. When Rabbit messages Eric to share the events, Eric says he's been at his mom's house and hasn't left. This contradicts what Ashley told us in episode three. This is my house. In that episode, after some thinking, Ashley says that Eric was with her all night. Though, to be fair, she does preface that with telling me she has to think really hard because Eric had been using her as his alibi. There are times when you're investigating that your intuition tells you something's off. You may not be able to put your finger on what it is, but you know something just doesn't seem right. It doesn't add up. Could be a false alarm? Yeah, of course it could. But this is one of those times when my intuition tells me something is off. So what is it that's causing my bells to go off? Is Rabbit truly concerned about this lookalike vehicle being law enforcement? Was he involved in Brittany's disappearance? And if so, does he perhaps recognize the vehicle from earlier in the evening of November 30th? Remember, at this point, Eric tells Rabbit, No idea, bro. I've been at my mom's. Today, we'll dive a little further into this lead. In our last episode, you heard Rabbit tell me he was more than willing to share his conversation history with Eric. I made it clear to Rabbit that time was of the essence. But he disappears for the rest of the evening. And it's not until the next day when we're in another interview that I hear from him. Rabbit sends me a message and explains why he doesn't want to share the conversation. I forward the message to Sarah and follow up to hear his reasons. Can you, is there any like main points on there that you want to go over or share? He's not going to give you the video. He said flat out, no, he's not giving it to you. He is concerned because you mentioned an ex-detective that you worked with. He heard that you go to the area and he said, if you want to sit down with him next time you're in the area, he'll let you see it, but he's not giving you the video. Because he said that it's conspiracy to deal or attempted delivery. He doesn't understand how the law works, obviously, because that's not how it works. Next time you're there, he said, if you want to sit down, he'll sit down with you and go over it and tell you every, he'll explain each and every message between him and Eric. He said he's sorry, but he just can't risk, you know, going, going to jail or being turned in, whatever. One thing that he talks about the Cadillac video. Why? I, I knew he, they, they want to continue to talk about how there's a gunshot in the back. Let me guess. He does talk about that. That's sketch. He was so willing and forthcoming about wanting to share, but they always want to direct the attention back to this guy named Chuck with the video, the Cadillac. I think, Sarah, I think that's his preaching about caring and wanting answers and willing to talk to me when I'm up there and answer any questions I have. Like, I'm not buying that. What's the difference between you and I talking on the phone or you showing me the images of it? His premise is that you're going to take the messages and turn him in. So he also says that that he was close to Eric Shank. 
but he said, I don't know if it was the drugs or a weak mentality, but he turned it into a fruitcake overnight. So they're no longer close. That concerns me because what's his motive in giving you these messages between him and Eric? A rabbit constantly brings his focus back to the Chuck Allen ring video. He says he's sure he sees a gunfire. Twice. Between Sarah and I, we've probably viewed that video over 200 times. We've never seen or heard gunfire, and there's no reaction from Chuck that would indicate a gun going off. Rabbit sends me several edited images that he's taken from the ring video of Chuck. There's just nothing there for me to sink my teeth into. So I stop looking at the images and continue requesting his conversation history with Eric. I don't know if I wore him down and he got tired of hearing me ask, or if his better judgment kicked in. Rabbit finally forwards me his conversation history with Eric. The conversation history begins on November 27th, 2018. I glance over it and I still feel as though I'd really like to see more conversation from the month of November. This isn't the first time I've requested to see the month's conversation. Maybe it would be more beneficial to the both of us if I got Rabbit on the phone while going over this and explain again why I'd like to see more conversation history. Jason Spade, or Rabbit. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? No, I had a free minute, so I thought I'd drop you a line. Yeah, you sent me a lot of stuff. That's just off that Scott video. I'm not saying that was Brittany, but I'm saying something happened there. If you slow that down on InShot and turn up the volume, he says, Nate, Nate, what you doing, nigger? Kurt, come on. Where's Dave? I don't know. You might be hearing something completely different. I can't hear that. Of course, if there's something, I mean, like you said, you don't even know if that's necessarily relevant to Brittany's case at all. Right. I got the the video you sent. Yeah. But it starts at November 27th. We, we need to go back to, the, to the, at least the first. At least we'll have full transparency, right? Yeah. That That's way, fine. that way I can get off of your case with oh. this thing and then we can move on to other things. The weird part about that video is I sent that to Eric Shank and I thought Good. it was the cops. Why? And the first thing he says is, I was with my mom all night. I never said it was you. When did you think you took that video? Well, I sent it to Jeff Boyd. I know it was the either the prior day of her being seen or later that night, the last she was seen. You thought it was the cops. Yeah, I thought it was the cops. What made you think it was them? Well, because that time it was pretty hot. We were getting tailed a lot. I was on the run, paranoid as shit, hired tight. And the way it acted, we went to pull out a speedway and it's a Taco Bell. It starts to pull out as soon as we do. I had Diana stop, it pulls out in front of us. It goes to Cottage Inn. I have her slow down. It pulls back out in the road and turns into McDonald's. When we went into McDonald's, it was setting long ways at Dunham's. 
it pulls it when it sees us forward and backs up by the dumpsters. And I'm thinking, well, they're hiding their license plate. So I started filming it, but it went around the back around the building and came back behind us. McDonald's has the video of who was in that car. It was a guy probably mid to late fifties, had salt and pepper hair, glasses, and a goatee. And it's the same reflection that is in that Cadillac's front window. You sent it off to a few people, but you sent one to Eric. And Eric's response to you is... I sent it... I was at my mom's all night. I never said it was him. Why do you think he responds that way? I don't know. I know he lied and said he was at Ashley Hooley's. And Ashley said, no, he had left that night. had told me. Oh, she told you he had left that night? And you didn't uh, let her know we spoke, did you? Because she messaged me yesterday. She's absolutely infatuated with the Shane case. It's almost like she wants to be Brittany Shane. It's just, it's weird. Ashley had said he wasn't with her all night. He had left that night. Eric said he was with his mom and dad all night. As I mean, I'd like to, I like, I mean, we can, I want to talk a little bit about what you had sent me. Obviously, I still need and want to see what November 1st and going forward looks like up until what you had sent me. But just to talk to you a little bit about what you did send me, what's the dynamic in your relationship between you and Eric at this point in time back in November of 2018? We really didn't have one then. He was hanging around my old lady. I didn't like it. He was kind of a friend of me. Eric used to be a good kid, man. And he just kind of went to shit. I don't know what happened there. Ashley, who is the one that told me? Because I originally thought it was the Cadillac that was suspect, uh, Brittany. Well, one day when Ashley was around, I, we was talking about cops following people. And I bring that up and she goes, that looks like the car that Brittany drove of Sheldon's aunts. Well, I started digging around in the video, zooming it in, cleaning it up, blowing it up, and here's what I got. If you look, I, I dotted a white spot that's in the background. If you zoom in on it, and I don't know why it's white, but there's an outline of a face with a hoodie on. If you take that face and put it with AJ's, it perfectly matches if you overlay them, even down to the chops and the beard. In your conversation with Eric, yeah, obviously I, I'm picking up on the fact that when you guys, when someone says, been a while, have a beer and catch up, I, I'm betting that's not to really have a beer and catch up. Right? I'm not sure which part of the conversation. When Eric was, and you- It was later on we hadn't talked a lot. Did he say it to me or did I say it to him? You both say it to each other, I think. Yeah, that probably means we're gonna go run, maybe. I'd have to see the, the conversation. When does he start getting involved with the business side with you? Well, he was always a driver of mine off and on. The business side of it would have came out, I remember it was winter, probably mid to late 2018. Somewhere I know. He responds and says, 
needed a favor, something we talked about the other day. What's that about? Oh, I was going to find him product, uh, three ounces, if I remember correctly, to try to get him back up on his feet and start it again. And then he started screwing around with Ashley Hooley, and his head went up his ass, and there was no way I was going to take a risk on losing the money, because at that time, it was almost $800 an ounce to a dealer, a decent dealer. He wanted three ounces to start out. And originally, I considered it. Then he got with Ashley, and man, he just started using more. He couldn't keep time, and it was just too much of a risk. I wasn't going to lose it. It was $1,000 at that point in time to a decent dealer, you know, an ounce. So I was trying to throw him three grand and hope I'd get it back, and I just seen there was too much risk and not enough chance of reimbursing on it. Theoretically. I mean... (laughs) That might have been toward the end, but originally he had asked for a Yeah, and that might be in the conversations prior to the, you know, if I get the whole conversations from the first to the, to what you basically sent already, that, that'll help clear up that maybe confusion. Didn't I send you all that? You sent me the 27th through December. You didn't send me the prior to that. If you go I look. I had prior to that, man. I thought I sent the whole thing on the way back. 330. I sent two different ones. I only got one. I'm definitely looking at that one right now. Okay, let me go back. Okay. Yeah, because I sent two. One might have been too long, James. They're loading right now. I'm seeing if it's the right direct one. Yeah, but I sent that in two parts because it only let me send so long. So I think I had six minutes on each or some shit like that. The, the other thing I had wondered was... What did that look like for you guys to go do something? I mean, Glide tells me what happened. Asher tells me what happened. Kander's told me what happens. Like, for your operations, what happens in your world? For him to go get a beer, what's that look like? Well, usually that means to meet up and let's roll. And whose car would he normally drive? Usually Jade's car or his own. If Eric didn't own a car at the time, whose car was he driving? He would have been driving Ashley's car. Ashley got the, Ashley had an Explorer, a black one. Uh, this is the one that J.J. Fox ended up totaling out. But usually he was either in his Trailblazer or we took the Camaro. Never a red car like the one in that video? No. On the 29th, Eric's talking about, because at this time I'm assuming he doesn't have a car. So if he didn't have a car, you said you thought it would be Ashley's, but you don't really ever recall taking Ashley's car. You guys are talking about him in transport, or basically him getting wheels. I think that would have been Ashley's car, but I don't think he ran it. I don't remember riding in it. Um, I know he had had it here a few times. What's that? He spent a lot of time at Village Manor, I know that. Did you, have you been to Ashley's many times? I was at Ashley's one time. It was kind of a messed up madhouse. It was in the summer, I'm guessing by June, July. Right here is when I found out she was missing and that was December 9th, is when he had told me. I didn't even know that anybody was missing at that time until he said that. I'm looking right here where he sent me the thing that says, my daughter Brittany and Wallace may be going by the last name of Shanker's last name on the corner of Bonner and Brittany Road. Hey, Rabbit, do you know where you were at on November 30th? 
Yeah, I was with Diana Sadison. Except yeah. for her mom's. She, she was the one that was driving the night that I took that video. Is anybody else there? Uh, her mother was there. Her two kids were there. The things that he says when he's like, hey, I need to talk to you about that thing. What's that about? Well, we used to run ghost cars every once in a while. That might have been it. What's ghost cars? Usually you have two cars tell you, but he gets on one, the other one diverts it. But you only run that when you run weight. Why did that make you want to lay low for a while? How is that splitting the attention between the two of you? I was on the run back then. I missed court, had a warrant. They were tearing half the town apart to find me. Oh, his phone number back in the day, it was a text now number. It was 260. Was Eric's number. Did you see Eric at all on the 30th? I don't believe so. I believe I was with Diana all day. But I think, I'm not sure. I think he'd already left Jade's by then. Well, he was at Ashley's. At that time. Yes. Yes, I believe so. I believe so. I mean, Ashley said that he didn't stay there all night. But he said he was at his mom and dad's. He's telling you that on December 1st that he's been at his mom's. Yeah, that's why I said it raised question, because she doesn't know he was here, but he had left that night. He didn't stay here all night. And I thought it was kind of weird he said he's at his mom's. It's weird he said he's at his mom's, period. Rabbit and I wrapped up our call, and he assures me that he'll send me his full conversation between him and Eric S. Now, Ashley said she had access to Eric S.'s Google account. When accessing his account, she says that Eric's Google location history was off, with the exception of one night, the night Brittany disappears. Recently, Ashley shared screenshots of Eric's location history on November 30th to December 1st, 2018. We'll address those screenshots later. We didn't have the full convo in the last video. This new video will provide more context. Hey, did you get to that other part? Is that what you needed, James? Right. In the beginning of that, when he's talking about his dude, that's before I met him, and that's Ashley. Yeah, where he was getting, it ended up being a total flop. The bitch was just trying to get on. She wasn't a plug. <sighs> I used to run four plugs at one time. That way I always had access. There's a time he talks about needing your garage to get the brakes fixed. That would have been on her car, the Black Explorer. He never brung it though. He found, I don't know if he did it as mom and dad's or Jade's or where, but he had never brung it over so that's her car that he's referring to? Yes. I had never seen him in the Mercury. As far as I know, he never had it. The he had a gold trailblazer. He drove that black car. He drove Jade's Camaro. That's it? That's the ones that I've known him to have. 
I got alibis. I know where I'm at all night that night. <laughs> right. It's not like I said. It wasn't. But, it's not in reference to you. It's about Eric. Like, do I personally think Eric killed somebody? I. He was mad, man. But I just don't see him having it. One thing that did strike me is I know him and uh, Kid Ko's brother. Robbed Jade of three grand and they drugged her. She was half out of her mind, confused. And I heard J Jessica say that the guy that seen Brittany, that Brittany went to his house when she asked what was her expression or emotion, and he said confused. She said, which I would almost bet if that be the case, it's called ketamine. And that did have a little episode around here. I got my opinion on who was with her at grandma's house. Who's that? And I'm pretty damn sure of it. And I'm pretty sure he was the one that by the dumpster at McDonald's. This is the younger cat. The one that's on Brittany's page. AJ. He showed up when I was at the hearse and I've never met this kid from shit. Two days in a row at my room. And I don't know, he's he's weird. But I believe that's the one that was by the dumpster that night in the hoodie. That white picture that I took is zoomed in. If you look beyond the red car by the dumpster and clear it up, there's definitely somebody standing by that dumpster. And let's face it, the cops ain't done anything. And that's what blows me away. They haven't done anything. The only people that's gotten in any trouble over Brittany Shank is the people that's tried to find the answers. I started digging. I never had any trouble. Same way with Jessica. When they went to look for her, the cops told them they were trespassing. Anybody that would go would go to jail. Now, what the hell is up with that? Somebody somewhere, James, doesn't want that found out. And somebody is high up on a food chain somewhere. Did Eric ever mention to you anything about him having any problems with Brittany? Well, yeah, he was pissed off that she signed off his kid. He was mad as hell. But he was also selling her heroin on the side. I remember one time she pulled into the Golden Buddha to pick up for me. And that's when I cut Eric off, because that's just one drug I don't piss with. It, it fucks up business, period. When did that happen? That would have been in the summer sometime. I remember it was hot outside. She pulled in in a gold SUV. Um, I want to say it was his, but I don't think it was. He got rid of his at that time. We were in the Camaro. Jade was with us. And he confronted Brittany one time at the Golden Buddha for her saying that he was the police. Well, I didn't know Brittany, unless it was, I bought a pipe off her a couple times up there at the Buddha. When I found out he was into heroin, like, I've never had anybody that I've even socialized with that that hasn't ended up bad. Either prison, death, or major financial loss. You said he was pissed off that she had signed the kids off. What did he tell you about that? Can you fill me in more on that? I don't really remember much about it. I remember he was mad. He was pretty upset over it. 
Now, I had asked Eric at one point in time after all that, has he ever killed anybody? And he said, yeah, but he was half out of his mind then. Can't really go by what the man was saying. So he told you he has? I understand he's dope out of his mind. I he get said that. He killed somebody when I had asked him. When did you ask him that? It would have been shortly after I found out his wife was missing. We were coming back from Edwardsburg, Michigan, picking up at a friend of mine's house. And the conversation came up. I asked him, I said, man, have you ever actually killed anybody? I mean, actually sat down and killed somebody? And he goes, yeah. I don't believe the boy has. Act tough. Yeah, act tough show out. The out of his fucking mind. You know, Jaden and him thinking they were all like superheroes and shit, so it's like. What made you ask him if he's ever killed somebody? I forget what the conversation was about. It, I, I really don't remember, James. Did he ask you the same question? Naturally, I'd be like, have you? No, it was kind of a one-sided question. And when it came down to it, if I remember correctly, I don't even remember what the conversation was about, but I remember that, that sticks out in my mind. I remember the jacket I was wearing, but I can't remember what the fuck we were talking about. He was bearded at that time. We wrap up the call with Rabbit giving me his word that he'll go back and send me the full conversation history between he and Eric like I requested. The second video Rabbit sends me were dates between November 11th and December 10th. Still, I feel he's avoiding setting me earlier November dates. What you'll hear next are highlights from the conversation between Rabbit and Eric. Here's Eric. Hey, got a question. How well do you know a guy by the name of Nick Payne? I'm trying to find him. Here's Rabbit. Enough to know he's a loudmouth from the B Street. He lives in town, Three Rivers, and parties but no hustler, but flames it. Well, reason I ask is because someone is looking for him and had asked me to help, so I was reaching out to see if anyone knows locations or spots or whatnot. Thanks, bro. Somebody giving you grief? Nah, not me. I didn't ask details on why they were looking for him, but when I was told, I could tell it wasn't good. I mean, don't get me wrong, I got a few people that are giving me grief, but one is in Florida, so I'm not worried, and the other is in prison till February. November 24th. So. Not shit. You? I don't do much anymore other than chill at home. I hear you, bro. But things might change. Not really fond of boredom. <laughs> Neither was I. You mobile? I might be able to be. What's up? I didn't know how. Too close to home, maybe. But I'm trying to get to LaGrange and get a little. I'll check to see if my buddy's home to borrow his. I'm in Sturgis. Yeah, but just you, bro. I'm never doing the new people thing until I die. I know. I haven't forgot. I'll even avoid meeting my maker if possible. I. Right, let me check. 
Okay. Alright, well, he ain't going to be back till morning. Shit. I got one more. Okay. Eric calls Rabbit, and the two speak for 21 seconds. How long, bub? So I can watch for you. 20 minutes tops. Cool. Thanks, bro. Ride clean as possible. I gotta go in town. November 25th. Your boy still holding? Let me see. I had to leave to handle other stuff. What's his price? November 26th. Your dude drop out of the race, or what? No, family issues have come up at the moment. All I need to know, bud. Thank you. I just found out myself, bro. Let me know when he's good to go. I was going to give him a try tomorrow. November 27th. I, I'm on my way to see him now to see what's up. I'll let you know. It's a test run. If it works out, I can use him as one of three norms every week. What you need. Rabbit shares with Eric details of the cost for his product. Eric responds with the price his plug offers. I'll talk more to him when I get face to face with him. That's fair. If I could hit the 350 mark, should be intriguing. It's at 375 right now. That's 1400 compared to 1500. But if it's always on hand, we will talk. Say when. Okay, so what are you looking for though right now? I'm going to call you. Everything good, bro? Call you in 20, but yes, things are okay. Well, I met dudes, wanted to clear a few things with you and them and talk to him. Rabbit shares his price for product. He said he can't do those because of the price he pays when he picks up. He's paying high price because of the quality. Quality is great if it's in the client's perspective, but you know I stopped 25 and 15 get a long time ago, brother. Leave the pennies on the street. The hustlers play with real money. And it all comes back to you in the end anyways. Jay's quality is good if you're just consuming. But you and I both know, on the street, it all goes the same. It all goes the same as long as it works, and it's straight, and they can stand it. It all plays the same. Smalls, he's high on. I'll forward you the text from a few of my Friday Weekly and see if he is interested, because his big sizes are fair. I know, bro. How much for a ball? Told me 150. He's not a plug, I take it. Sells him for 150 to 200 all day. Slowing getting put on. Man, used to have to be able just to watch you smoke it for that. It's 100 all day long from Rapids to Angola. 125 you come to me, and then me to drop it, if you feel like it. You know I always come to you. Well, I'm in White Pigeon. Dude in LaGrange wants it, but you probably don't want to do all that. Trying to find a car that someone will let me drive in this shit. 
Rabbit sends Eric screenshots showing how much product he's moving and the financial return. I believe you. I can have people request it all day, but if it isn't there, like today, I'm fucked. Yes, I'm very aware. Gotta remember, I did a lot of driving. <laughs> right. Well, if homeboy want to be put on the map, I got the clientele. I know. Jason sends a screenshot of another dealing. I don't think I'll fill this one. I would have to show up with the car on that one. Prove it's legit. Even though I know. It would always be cash. I have to use more than one store. At that point, when I'm handing over the G-Mark in cash, I have to meet the dude and discuss business. But I only want to have you involved after that. I fuck with you. I know you. You drive the shit, you deliver it. I'll have to talk to him about that. I know he was pretty firm on me doing all the middleman stuff and that'd be it, but I'll discuss it with him. I know how you operate, bro. Rabbit talks to Eric about many dealings, proving that he can guarantee profit. November 29th. Rabbit misses a call from Eric at 6.11pm. Call me. Sup, bro? Just got Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Just letting you know my dude is locked up, so I'm in need of someone new to go through when people get a hold of me. Well, you're always welcome to come to me. But you are. Nobody else, brother. I know. I'm not dumb. I had to turn a few away because I don't have a car or could get a hold of anyone. When you want to get together, been a while. Have a beer and catch up. Tomorrow, I'll find a car to borrow. I got you covered if you want to meet up. Eric, now I'm saying this from the get-go, okay? I only fuck with close friends and family, and my close friends are family. I'm doing this because I feel like shit over the Jaden Cash deal. I'm human regardless what people think, and I shouldn't have jumped your shit how I did, and I fucked up. I admit that. She was screaming at me, fucking other dudes. She said she was poisoned, and it had me fucked up. Reason two? I like you, and you're not a retard, and you covered my ass before driving. You're a good person, I do believe. Now as family, we look out for each other. You watch my back, I watch yours. Not a friendship of convenience. If I'm in a room with a million people who hate you, I won't let the others talk shit. I'm still your friend. I just want the same in return, and nobody's above anyone. I added a very few people to my clique now. We do it to make money. Nobody's king. Yes, I'm the only one with the suppliers, but that's not worth a fuck with nobody to flip it. All equal. Right, I've always looked out for you even after this Jade situation. Right on. You did. And I only come to you if I have the money to pay for what I need. I never do fronts because I hate having that bill. Well, if it comes down to it and you need a front, get me away from the others and tell me, Eric. If I can afford it, it's yours. I had to help Jimmy a couple of times. I just gotta know what you charge me for it so I can go from there. A ball? Yeah. Bill for less. 
November 30th, 2018, 11.40 p.m. Hey, bro, get a hold of me when you can. No response from Rabbit. December 1st, 1.31 a.m. Eric attempts to call Rabbit. No answer. 10.29 a.m. Hey, bro, you busy? Kinda, sorta, for a little bit. What's up, bud? Needed a fave. Something we talked about the other day. I'll be free and home in 45 minutes. That work? Yeah, gives me time to walk and check on a car to come see ya. Just let me know when it's cool to head your way. Okay. 11.40 a.m. What's up? Safe to come your way? Not at the moment, bud. Old lady here. 3.54 p.m. What's up? I'm closed for a few days, bud. Dark red Ford definitely tailed. I waited at Taco Bell. Left right before we did. Sped away, then kicked into Cottage Inn. Circled back on the road. Pulled into McDonald's into the back. Waited. Then as we pulled up to order, it spun backwards facing us. Then drove out as I took video of it. We went through, pulled into the side of the parking lot, and instead of pulling out on the road, it circled back around. Driver and I, my buddy, all saw it. But why? Jason sends a video recording at McDonald's. The timing of this video is between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. Have no idea, bro. I haven't even left my mom's. I know it wasn't you, brother, but I definitely have some attention, so for a day or two, I'm slowing it down till I see my surroundings. Not just for me, but for all my people. Hi, bro. Thanks for letting me know. If I'm watched, it makes anyone around me hot. Nobody needs that. Was you needing that on front? Yeah, if it was possible. Okay. It's a risk right now. You know that. Yeah, I know. You know I'm a risk taker. <laughs> I know, but, But I don't want attention to overflow onto you, because eyes are on me. Yeah, but it could be a good thing, though. We split the attention. They won't know what to... I personally like a challenge. <laughs> December 1st, 5.24pm. So what's up? I can come to you on foot, if you want to do it that way. 6.17pm. Want to meet up for a beer or something? I'm pulling cash together right now, bud. Just in case I got a roll. Okay. You mobile right now? Rabbit attempts to call Eric. No answer. December 2nd, 6.53 a.m. Sorry, went back to bed. What are you doing? Sitting at my mom's. What are you doing? I'm mobile. 5.55 p.m. Shit. What are you doing? Not shit. I feel you. Yeah, I've been sleeping. Get things figured out from the other day? Possibly. I don't know yet. That's good. You still shut down? For a sec. I'm letting the others run it for a sec. Rabbit sends Eric the recording of the McDonald's video again. You showed me that already. You want to talk in person? Probably best. Where? You home? 
I'm mobile. I'll go wherever you need me to go. I'm mobile. I can come to you. Getting kids to sleep. Aight, so tonight not good? December 3rd, 8.58pm. What are you doing? At Walmart. You mobile? Meet up and talk. Trying to get somewhere. Incognito. Okay. At my dad's at the moment. I can meet you up the road. What's your ETA? And you're solo, right? Yes, I'm solo and headed your way. Okay. Pull up by the bridge. I'll walk down. 10.14 p.m. Should I walk that way? Yeah. Okay. You can pull in. They're asleep. I'm watching. December 4th, 1.17 a.m. Eric attempts to call Rabbit. No answer. You good, brother? Yeah, I was gonna tell you something. Okay. Let me get my kid to sleep real quick. 8.42 a.m. Hey, when is it a good time to come see you? Probably 4.35. Okay, message me. 105.3 on the beams. Say three weeks at 1,150. Sound okay? Yeah, shouldn't be a problem. Now, how soon were you wanting to start what we talked about last night? If it takes a little longer, cool. But let me know so I know what's going on, okay? That's all I ask. I know. This isn't our first rodeo. Okay. 10.47 p.m. Where you at? Sturgis. You? I'm going to have Chris bring me that way. I gotta get out of here before I shoot this loopy bitch. Okay. Sorry it took so long to respond. I was having a pissing match with her. 11.05 p.m. Need you to call me when you can. Kinda important. Rabbit requests Eric's number and calls. December 5th, 12.11 a.m. Eric sends Rabbit a thumbs up. Rabbit does the same. It's now 1.13 a.m. You this way? 3.02 a.m. What you doing? Waiting in the car. Dickhead had to stop at the store on the way. Sorry so delayed. All this shit and he has to go shopping? Shaking my fucking head. I can come to you. Eric attempts to call Rabbit. He doesn't answer. I was gonna ask you if you knew someone with a garage I could borrow tomorrow to do the brakes. Or you wanna come to me? 4.13 a.m. What you doing? Eric attempts to call Rabbit, but he doesn't answer. 6.37 a.m. Rabbit responds. Call Daryl. Hello? What's up? Everything okay? I need a garage ASAP to fix these brakes. I put it off because you said you were on your way to me this morning. December 6th, 12 p.m. Hey, you got a garage I could borrow for a few to finish these brakes? Eric makes an attempt to call Rabbit. There's no answer. Hey, I need to talk business with you when you get a sec. Give me a couple minutes, brother. In the bin right now, saving last night's disaster. Over this or text now? Text. 
December 7th, 1219 AM. What's up? 825 AM. Hey, bud. Hell of a night, E. Right. Don't you love nights like those? Ah, shit, little brother. You don't even know. (laughs) I can only imagine. Craziest night I've had in years. At 3.20 p.m., Eric and Rabbit have a 13-minute conversation. The two go back and forth, but nothing that's necessary to share. December 8th, 1.18 p.m. Hey, what you doing? Headed up Battle Creek. December 9th, 7.20 a.m. What's up? What you doing? Rabbit responds with a thumbs up. Eric replies with three dots. It's 7.53 a.m. Eric forwards a post made by Greg Wallace, Brittany's father. Greg posted that Brittany was missing and shared the last known details of her whereabouts. It's now December 10th, 6.53 a.m. Damn, bro. Yeah, I'm lost. Is that your ex? My ex-wife. What are you doing? Well, thinking about putting the kid that was last seen with my wife six feet deep. Think you did something to her? Well, that's the last person, so I'll beat it the fuck out of him. Well, keep it 100% between you and I. I fucking mean it, motherfucker. Nobody else can know shit. But I'll help you any way possible I can. Because it's you. Usually, I mind my own business, but you've always been cool to me. You know where he lives? I have to make sure first. When reading these messages, it's pretty clear to us that Rabbit and Eric often use code words or phrases when speaking to one another via messenger. For instance, we know that when one of them says... Let's catch up and have a beer. This is code for doing a run. So when I read that Eric was asking repeatedly to borrow Rabbit's garage to fix the brakes in Ashley's SUV, I wonder if this is actually code for something. Eric's insistence about needing to use Rabbit's garage seems curious to me. As soon as Pocket is picked up on November 29th, it's fairly obvious that Eric is trying to get back to work with Rabbit and even confirms with him that he does have access to wheels the next day. The next day happens to be November 30th. The conversation ceases there and doesn't pick up again until late in the evening of November 30th. There is no communication during the time when Eric and Rabbit, we could assume they would be making arrangements for meeting. At 11.40 p.m., Eric says, Hey bro, Eric follows up at 11.31 a.m. by attempting to call Rabbit. The call goes unanswered, and Eric sends a message. Get a hold of me when you can. So what happened on the 30th with the run? I'm curious why the two didn't have any communication on this day about the deal they planned. Or did they? And the communication was elsewhere.
After Rabbit shares these conversations with me, I have questions. But Rabbit's not interested in answering. Once his name made the podcast, he was no longer cooperative. He explains that he can't have his name involved in Britt's case. He's very concerned with his current charges being impacted by anything to do with this. While I understand this, I have to be honest with him. I'm going to continue to pursue leads, and if those leads bring me to his backyard, then so be it. Pull out the camp chairs, grab matches, and let's start a bonfire. My response doesn't thrill Rabbit. He sends me an angry message, and then sends it. He continues the onslaught of random information that doesn't have anything to do with the case. Home videos of him counting the money he's made. What's the motive, you ask? I couldn't tell you. Back in the last episode, I shared with you that Valerie sent me her Facebook data download. After I heard that Val and Rabbit considered themselves family, I went to her conversation with Rabbit's alias account, Jason Spade. There's a lot there. And I ran into something that caught my attention. What I'm going to share with you next is a conversation that took place on May 31st, 2020, between Rabbit and Valerie. Hey, off the subject, got something you should know. What's that? When I get time and I'm solo, I'll call you. No recording, but have a pen and paper in hand when I do. Okay. You'll want notes. And I've never recorded you, dork. And Valerie, I don't know where you got the info. Won't start now unless you tell me to. What the hell are you talking about? I know who to give it to. I'm lost. November 29th, 2018. I got a lot of info from a lot of different sources. I need more than that, dork. No, 100% fact. On my kids. I have info on that day, or that's why I need paper? No. Last we seen each other, you said to me about a certain case. I get paid for my work, talking about the info you gather on that certain case. Lord Justin, we fucking talked about a lot of cases. B dot S. Okay. Down to the bloody car. And its whereabouts. But who's going to dish out the money, brother? Val, when I get this, it needs to be given immediately and not told to anyone. But because asses will be covered and people will kill somebody if they think they will get caught up. I won't disappoint you, I promise. Put it on my babies. Between us, is that what's starting to happen already? I'm not worried about disappointment, girl. I'm worried about you guys getting hurt before they are gotten, because it leaked. What's leaked? Please don't scare me, honestly, Justin, because I've done anything but protected everyone's asses around here, honestly. How? When? Why? Where? Bees. Ended where the scene is. Who covers it? The pointing fingers at wrong people, and I've proved innocent. That's all I have done. Val, I'm not saying that. I'm confused on the date you gave, brother. You were looking into it, helping old boy out, 
I got for fact, every single dot connected for fact, no doubt. Okay. I got for fact, every single dot connected. You're my friend. Chet's my friend. And you two are closer than blood to me. I know things have been hard for you guys, and the info will help. And you guys always looked out for me. But once I have it, if you said it to the wrong person and it got back to who was involved, it could be deadly. Reason I haven't told anyone but you. Give it to the person who can do something. Okay, understood. It wasn't no huge conspiracy and wasn't that many involved. That's why it went to a dead end and went hush. Kind of figured that. Two was family. One was sent away, and the other was dead. But Val, when I get this, it gets to him ASAP. And it gets to him with no knowledge you got it from me. And promise, it will be reacted on right then, not the next day. Okay. As long as once given, it's not at like one, two, three, four, five in the morning. I don't need to worry about LaGrange County PD fucking off and leaking it to some piece of shit going after my people because they dicked off. Understood. What do you want, Justin? Val, make them pay you. And also Chet. And I don't have to worry for a bit because you're saving them a lot of man hours and money. Over six figures. Lord, Lord, Lord. You're so lucky I fucking love you, Justin, because this is scary fucking shit right here. The investigation cost of detectives, officers' pay, use of dogs, questioning. Delete that so you get your money, girl. That's not fair to you, goddammit. And without a doubt, are you sure that's what you want, honestly? I trust dude, but still, you gotta promise me. Before you give one single piece of info that you will have it in writing. That once the info you give is proven accurate, you're paid. Not conviction, Val, but proving accurate and true. Like, as the arrest warrants are being printed, you get your money. Swear. How do you even demand from people like that? And that's a serious question. You will make that the stipulation. You're not giving info. You're solving their case that they can't. And you're giving them the nail, hammer, coffin, and body. Can't they turn around and say, I'm withholding information? And they don't have to give a shit, honestly. Mm, He won't do that. Okay. I trust he won't. What's that worth, you think? But tell nobody. Prosecutor, cop, friend, wear a mouthpiece if you have to when you sleep. But him. See, I don't even know how to go about doing something like this. But I will follow exact what you tell me to do. Nobody knows you are talking to me about this, right? Valerie, a lot of people say they're my friend. Most don't even know me. Some have never even spoken to me. And the others hate me with the same circumstance. But you are my friend. I swear to God I would give or take a bullet 24-7, 365. Till my last breath, regardless the cost to myself. I believe that. Solidly believe that. And Val? Yes. Once it's done, walk away from it. 
I already have, really. And I never got the info? Or gave it? Promise. Even if old boy ever asks you about it afterwards? Nope, doesn't matter. I give my word to you. Okay, and talk to Chet. Make sure you even want it. Look at the possible risk. Compared to what I get out of it. Which means more to you guys personally. Is it worth it? To you too? Go to the courts, cops, family. Act. Because if it gets fucked up, it's you two who's at risk. Not a cop or an attorney or judge. You two will be the ones at risk, Valerie. Not anyone else. And there is no wrong answer if you do or don't want it. I'll understand and respect whatever the choice is. If I do, I'll give it to you. Swear. If you don't, I totally understand and this convo never happened. On all I love, I put that on. It's not a choice I have. I don't know what I would do to be honest with you, sis. Let him read these so he knows what's going on. It's not a choice for me because I tend to live in the gray and black side of life. And I can't break one law and say somebody is wrong or judge them for breaking another. Regardless of how different it is from how I break it. Or how much I think it's disgusting and immoral. Or I'm against it. It's true how the saying goes. There is no such thing as halfway crook. Either you're all in or all out. No in between. So, I'm at a stalemate. Don't like the situation necessarily, but can't say anything either. One, we want to know you are okay, Justin. Straight up, are you okay? I'm fine. I swear. Two, you sure you want to do it this way? Chet, though, says this shit has to end some way, somehow. And don't ever feel like you broke moral with me. Because we both know that isn't true. Well, I got a lot of time and work in what happened to BS. And Val, you guys are good people. And good people deserve a break. I can't say a word about any crimes regardless of how much I think it's fucked up or needs dealt with. Moral or how much I'd like to give the info, I can't. It would be wrong of me and hypocritical of me and would bring worse to already bad luck to me. I get that. For once in my life, as fucked up as it sounds coming from me, and God knows they don't deserve the faith, and it sounds like somebody else is saying it coming from me. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. <sighs> Let the police deal with it. I trust that them and the justice system do their jobs. Do it to protocol. And the courts entrust that the system really does work and justice for the action and her is served. I'm one thing. But when and if my friends are involved, gotta play it safe, hun. I won't risk others. Me? Yeah. But not you two. I understand. I won't risk losing someone I don't only consider my friend, but my brother either. I hope you understand that. And it's really, really close to home, girl. I need to realize that. You know the people involved on a personal level. Chet said before you go any further, 
If something should happen to you, he wants names right now, of who to go after if anything should happen to you. Then delete off phone, squash, not said. One is on green paper, isn't it? But if the system fails, which I hope it doesn't, and for me to have that faith as many times as I've seen it fail me personally, when I really needed it, the people involved will not get away with what happened. And their little make-believe game won't be as entertaining because they made a few crucial, vital mistakes. No, it wasn't on green paper. I can't remember all the names, hun. One victim and one girl, three guys involved, was not planned. Heat of the moment. No rape, no torture, but brutal. And then something was joked about that wasn't very funny to some. There's a few things I take away from this conversation. Rabbit seems pretty confident that he knows what happened to Brittany. And he wants Valerie to benefit monetarily from the work that he believes she's done with Brittany's case. When Rabbit begins to tell Valerie that he believes what happened to Brittany, initially, she seems lost. Rabbit writes November 29th, 2018, instead of the 30th. He's off just one day, but reiterates that the person he's referencing is B.S. Of course, we know this is to be Brittany's initials after she married Eric. Rabbit tells Valerie, one victim, one girl, three guys involved. Heat of the moment, no rape, no torture, but brutal. Something was joked about that wasn't funny to some. What the fuck does that mean? Again, I say I couldn't tell you, but we're going to do our best to try to figure it out. Because when I hear this, it's like a punch to the gut. It gives me a pit in my stomach. And I'm overplaying the nice guy. I'm over being flexible. I want answers. So I call Val. I don't know if Rabbit is fighting demons or he is the demon. Next time on Hide and Seek. Is this good or bad? I don't know yet, because it's, it's, it's Justin, not you. Just like, make him call you. Make sure it's him talking to you. I don't know what was joked about either. He never told us that. You're remembering this conversation, and it's about... Yeah, I remember that conversation. You... I know for a fact it was about Okay, her. all right. Justin done the, how he said, three males, one, one female, female, one victim, a joke that would, yep, went too far. See, Chuddy the nose. As far as Mr. Basinger, you know, one time I talked to him, I was polite to him. Now I went up there at Glide's ass with both fucking feet. And he figured out real quick, do not fucking open his mouth with my name on it. 
I can make St. Joe and LaGrange County very unwelcoming for Mr. Basinger. I'm sitting with three of them right now that will. Well, look at Then short for deposition, they can't find him. I guess even he knows. The Hide and Seek podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited, and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Nudon's Audio Engineering. Director of Photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson. 